You are listening to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. This is episode 14. Are you strong enough to empower? Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also, as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here. Because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. Did you know that there's an actual strategy and practice to empowering people? I know, isn't that weird? But it's true. I think a lot of times we just think of empowering as giving people power, and then we shy away from it because why would we want to give someone power? Because there's a lot of bad things that could happen. (laughs) We could give them power and they could abuse it, or we could give them power and they might screw something up. Oh my gosh, then we got more rework. Oh, that sounds exhausting, doesn't it? It is kind of interesting to examine power and empowerment. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Because again, most managers typically would say, of course, I want to empower people because, well, like that's what we're supposed to say. But do we actually practice that? Do we give other people power? And also, I think it's worth exploring, do we take power or do we think power is a bad thing? So today, as we look at empowerment, there are just so many questions about it already. Why does leadership have to be so complicated? We're going to figure it out and we're going to simplify it today. This is really important because I was exposed to work done by Timothy R. Clark. He wrote a book and also has done some phenomenal research about organizations who want creativity and innovation. And he linked companies' ability to do that based on four stages of psychological safety that they create. I'm going to do a whole podcast about this, but this does matter to empowerment because the four stages of safety that he identified, one is inclusion safety. Do people just feel included in the organization? Number two is learner safety. Can people make mistakes and learn actively on the job? The third one is contributor safety. And this one really has to do uh, significantly with empowerment because it means are people allowed to contribute at the level that they should or could in their role? And then fourth is challenger safety. And that means, can we challenge the status quo? Anyway, I want to connect to that because this research really highlights the need for people to contribute. And in order to contribute, it means we as leaders and managers have to give people power. Empowerment starts, though, with you. It is about controlling our own lives and claiming our rights. 
focusing on what we can do versus what we can't and considering what's possible versus impossible. It is important to consider our beliefs about power, how much we have and when we use it or why we don't, because these things affect how much power we give to others. This is, of course, connected to assertiveness, which we explored a little bit about assertive communication in episode 11. If empowerment is how you feel about your rights and others, how much do you use empowerment as a strategy and practice? Because empowerment by definition, is giving away power and letting go of control. If you want more of this because you want engagement and motivation, but you're worried about the results, then let's focus on the environment that is created because you can absolutely create an environment conducive to empowering others. And we're going to focus on five very basic practices to help you do that. Practice number one is just sharing information liberally and transparently. And no, I don't mean like you're going to tell absolutely everyone everything because some things are confidential and some things aren't helpful. But the more context that you give people, the more effective they're going to be when you give them power. If you're empowering and trusting someone to do something, meaning make a decision or to implement a new practice or process, you want them to have as up-to-date and complete information as they can. Clear communication is vital. In addition to clarity, though, there's quality and transparency. That adds value to your team and people around you. It doesn't mean that we deliberately tend to withhold information. It's really more, oh, I didn't think to share it or, oh, I didn't remember to tell you that. With all the information that you have access to and all the different ways that we communicate today, it's very easy to miss something that we aren't cascading to others. So as a practice, think about how you share information and establish the practice and the process and the platform to share information and communicate with your team. That will help with empowering them. Secondly, is we have to listen very constantly and openly. Listening is an active, deliberate action. When we empower people, your role is to listen to what they say, but also what they don't say. Let's say you give someone power and their body language is like, oh, hesitant or frightened or intimidated. Body language makes up so much of our communication. By being that kind of active, engaged listener, we can understand what do people need to be able to take on the assignment that we're giving them. Because empowering is about that. We're giving someone something and we're trusting them to do it. So we need to understand how they feel about it and how confident they are. Sometimes they don't tell us. Sometimes you're going to see positive energy, and that's really exciting too for both you and for them. It doesn't mean they're not going to need your help, but it does mean that they're excited about the journey. So your job is to figure that out, to create a dialogue with your employees, and only then can you really empower and trust them and set them up to be successful. You want them to take the power that you've given and use it confidently and effectively, and that takes conversation. 
communicate sharing information liberally and transparently, and then listen constantly. Practice number three is to promote active, continuous learning and growth. We really have to give people power to make decisions, take action, and get good results. And that rests a lot on their confidence. It also rests on their competence. And as expectations continue to ramp up organizationally, because and I know they are. <laughs> I don't think I don't I don't think I've worked with any organization or leader that said, "Oh no, we're lowering our standards." Yeah, we're going to make things easier for you. Not so much. So we need continuous growth to meet new and challenging demands, and we have to demand that of our team as well. We need to make active learning a part of our priorities and our focus and our expectations. And learning can happen in so many ways. You can foster growth and accountability by keeping your team focused on the knowledge and the skills that they need to be aligned to their goals and the organizational goals. Practice three, make that an expectation in your team. Practice number four is to celebrate mistakes. Yeah, that's hard to do, right? And I don't mean like, yippee, Bobby, you really screwed up that one. Good job. But rather allowing learning to occur and allow mistakes to happen as learning opportunities. This goes back to Timothy Clark's four stages. That's what the second stage is all about. Learner safety means we're able to take some risks to learn new things and that we aren't punished for it. But for heaven's sakes, when someone makes a mistake, tell them. I know it sounds weird to say, but I've worked with so many people, and I've probably done this before, that that rather than telling someone that they made a mistake, I just correct it because I think, oh, it's just easier. But we have to tell them so that they can learn. A great practice in sharing mistakes and celebrating mistakes is to share your own. Ugh, I know. Vulnerability. What the heck? But this goes such a long way to building trust and show others around you that you're also learning and growing and taking risks. That gives them permission to do the same thing. So celebrate mistakes, bring them to the surface as opportunities to learn. Practice number five is praising effort. That means we want to be able to reinforce behaviors that are growth oriented. This was a concept that we explored in podcast number four about a growth mindset. This practice is particularly important with those who aren't as confident or experienced as others. Let's say I empower someone to do a presentation at a staff meeting. I could praise the outcome which is, hey, Susie, great job presenting at the staff meeting. That's an outcome-oriented piece of feedback. Or I could say to Susie, hey, great job in trying some new ways to engage the team at the staff meeting. It made a big difference with the participation of the team. What I'm reinforcing in that particular example is the new efforts. So that is the effort. I know that Susie did something different and stretched herself. So I'm not just going to praise the outcome. I'm going to praise how she stretched and what she did differently. What that does to Susie is really reinforces the learning part of what she did, not just the outcome. Of course, the outcome is important, but all outcomes aren't going to be awesome, but learning efforts are awesome. If you want to empower, think about how to create an environment to set people up to be successful. That means you need to share information 
liberally and also be transparent in the things you can share. Secondly, listening, really being great and open and consistent in hearing what people are saying and aren't is important. Third, creating an expectation of active, continuous learning and growth allows for increased competence and more trust in you empowering others. Then we want to celebrate people's mistakes in the sense of allowing them to learn and grow. The last one is praising effort along the way. Empowering others is a strategy and it's a practice. The great part about it is it'll give you the time to focus on more strategic value-added responsibilities. And to those that you work with, it gives them the opportunity for growth and development, also for autonomy. And autonomy is a significant motivator and contributor to engagement. It also builds trust. So empowerment doesn't mean that we achieve success 100% of the time. It means we achieve more knowledge, insight, and power in the experience. Are you strong enough to empower? I hope you enjoyed today's episode about empowerment. And if you did, come back next time because we're going to talk about delegation, which is absolutely a form of empowerment. And if you find value in these podcasts, please share them with someone else you know. 